This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 53. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Michelle Butcher-Jones. Michelle is the WordPress Technical Specialist for Thrive Agency. She also teaches beginners WordPress and freelances with her own shop, 13 Core. In her free time, she blogs at Can't Speak Geek. She's a lead organizer for the Southern Illinois WP Meetup and runs WP Kids, a Slack group for people interested in organizing WordCamps for kids. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to Hallway Chats. Hi, Tara and Liam. I am so happy to be here. I absolutely love your guys' show and glad to be included in on it. Oh, thanks. We love that. What a great way to greet us. Thank you. We're so thrilled that you're here. Will you tell us a little bit more than what Tara shared about it, too? Okay. I am, um, first of all, I am in Carbondale, Illinois, which is the southern part of the state. We like to say it's a prettier side from Chicago. Um, I've been in WordPress since 2011. And also, I, on my free time, I am a part-time hobby photographer. Um, I mostly do nature and kids. And then I live with my husband and my 14-year-old daughter, who's also into WordPress. Tell us how you got started with WordPress. Uh, well, how I got started in WordPress is actually a funny story. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine back in 2010 about starting just a personal blog as I was a preschool teacher and had been for about 10 years by that point and was wanting to blog about different stuff when it came to kids and preschool teachers and things of like that. And at that time, a friend of mine was writing a security plugin called Better WP Security at that time. Um, the friend was Chris Wigman. And he started helping me build my site and teaching me along the way. And the more I learned how to do my own site, the more I was like, I could actually do this as a job. And I started out more doing just my personal stuff. And then I got in with uh, WP Security Lock, um, which is a WordPress security cleaning company based out of Northern Illinois. And um, worked with security and support for many years and doing my own freelance thing and have now ended up doing agency support for Thrive Agency. That's a pretty impressive way around that. That's that's awesome. Uh, what's the, what's the time frame there? You said you, you started getting into it in 2010, and and now you're you're working with the, uh, Thrive Agency. You do a little bit on the side through your own 13 Core, and then uh, you're blogging still. And if you're organizing a WordPress meetup and running a Slack group, you're pretty active all around. But what's the time frame here? Um, well, when I was introduced was November of 2010. November of 2011 was when I set up 13 Core, and that was just mostly doing hosting and maintenance type things. Mm -hmm. And then WP Security Lock was April of 2012. And then I started working for different um, plug-in support companies um, like Yoast and Give and WP Rocket. 
Those happened around 2015 and in 2016. I also did agency support for um, valet back in 2016 as well. So if you were sharing those dates, I could see that you were looking up and remembering. And I don't think I could remember those kind of dates without looking at a resume or some kind of LinkedIn <laughs> profile. So that's pretty impressive. I am surprisingly really good when it comes to dates and numbers. Um, the biggest one, as I remember in high school, I was actually going through the military entrance program to join the Navy, which ended up I wasn't able to due to a medical disqualification. But I remember learning my social security number then. And at the same time, I also learned my driver's license number. And back in college, I actually got out of a ticket that, of where I forgot my driver's license that wasn't on me. I was actually in route to pick it back up because I'd forgot it at a friend's house and um, got out of the ticket because I was able to let the officer know what the number was and when it expired. That's awesome. I don't know. I don't know if that would work every time. Sounds like you got lucky with that one. I only did it once, but it works. That's so. <laughs> all you need is once. That's all you need is once. That's right. Michelle, it, it sounds like you're pretty active in the WordPress community. Uh, tell us how yes. you you got into that and and what you think about all of it. Well, I'm actually even more involved than just what you said. Um, my first WordCamp was uh, WordCamp Chicago 2012, and I absolutely fell in love with the community. I was lucky that at my first WordCamp, I even actually got to meet and speak with for a few minutes with Matt Mullenweg. And it just... I use the term loosely created a monster and um, the Carbondale area did not have any type of meetup. So I helped organize and start the one here with um, um, help with Andrea from Andrea Middleton. And since still ours is really, really small, I also um, help organize WordCamp St. Louis as that is our closest camp to here and have been doing that for four years. And then last year, I was able to be the speaker lead for WordCamp US, and this year, I'm helping out with the marketing team. Well, that's enough to keep you busy. Yes. I, I, I enjoy staying busy. My grandfather was a very big believer promoter of the idol's hands as a devil's playground when he wasn't doing his nine to five job he was out in his workshop building things making things or reworking on stuff on his house the only time he really rested was when he slept and i've kind of kept up with that type of mentality sounds like you had a, a good example there and that's a good transition for me to move into the question that we love to ask uh, about success. And so since you have this role model in your, your grandfather, who was, sounds like he was very productive and busy and, and always had something to do. Um, sometimes people define success in those types of ways. We like to ask people, what is your definition of success, Michelle? And, um, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life or both, how would you define it? Success for me is actually in a way a quite oxymoron type of view because success is when you are content where, where you are, whether it be professionally or personally or even, you know, in a relationship with your spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. It's success is being happy. However, 
you sh to me at least you should always strive for to make it better make it more comfortable make it more happier and so I try to make sure that even though why I'm staying busy it's all things I love because of the old rule of you know, if you love what you do you never really work a day in your life I like that quote I'm not sure I've ever heard that before but that I was very, very much a grandpa's kid growing up and even still a grandpa's kid as an adult, even though that um, he passed on um, eight years ago. But he he was full of the old wives tales type things. Yeah. The little words of wisdom. Yes. Yeah. That's thank you for sharing your definition of success. Uh, would you would you say that um that that comes from your grandfather, that idea of being happy? Do you think he loved all those things that he did all the time? Or was he uh, telling Ooh, about that for a little bit? Oh, yes. He, um, his favorite part-time was woodworking. And he would build... I have clocks and different things, even in my house that he had built. And while his hands were always busy, he was happy and he would be, t I'd sit out there and watch him when I was real little and he'd be talking about what he was doing. And he ever said, if I ever get tired of this, I will just quit doing it. And that's kind of how he was in his work life too, with things is once it started being something he wasn't really wanting to do, he He'd switched professions actually about four or five different times. That's really neat. I, I love that. Um, I want to go back to your definition of success about being content where you are and tying into some of the things you you shared about your grandfather and, and his belief about, you know, being happy in your work. And if you're not happy, you know, change. And it sounds like you certainly did that as you transitioned from, from preschool teaching. You never said you weren't happy with it, but apparently you're very happy with WordPress. Uh, but how do you, in, in light of your definition of success, when you're finding yourself in a work or personal situation where you're not happy, and, and it's not a, a fundamental, I need a career change on happiness, but it's you know, a difficult situation at work, a client isn't happy, uh, you know, maybe the company's going through changes and there's just a stress around that how do you how do you deal with that how do you cope with that um what the biggest thing is just a mindset when it comes to issues and problems a person can either look for the solutions or keep staring at the problem and i'm one who always finds solutions um and it goes on with my own life like I'm usually the one that gets to handle the clients at Thrive who get upset about something not working. And even I've had a couple where they've been on the phone very upset. And I'm like, let's take a moment and let's try to find a solution for you. And it seems to diffuse almost any situation and it keeps your eye on the prize. Yeah, I think even just when people hear that we want to find a solution. Let's talk about that. Let's think about that. Let's work together on that. But within that kind of environment, what is, you talked about you're very good at finding solutions. So what does that look like to you? Realizing that every situation is a little bit different, but is it 
it's going to pull on your experience, but do you start just jotting down ideas? Do you just start talking? Well, what if we did this? And, you know, you kind of thinking aloud, how, how does, how does your find the solution approach it, come together? It starts just with the first quick mental brainstorming of it. And if it's something that I absolutely have no clue on, I either, you know, go to Google, I go to people who I might think know the answer. And I believe to be successful with any anything really is to have a good network of people. And that can be just even on your own personalness of if you are having a bad day, that great network to talk to people. Um, to help help you get through the day better if you're having mental health issues type thing. Sure. Um, down to with a professional of a client saying, you know, I need help with this. And the best answer is, is that if you don't know is, I'm sorry, I do not know this, but let me find someone who can help you, which is still working towards the solution. I think providing support um, is probably one of the hardest jobs that you can do and and finding that uh, what you've just described and having the patience to to draw upon that side of yourself is a real skill is that something that you've brought with you or is it something that you've sort of learned the hard way by doing that i've kind of came by it naturally i joke and say if i can handle a room full of 10 toddlers i can pretty much handle anyone <laughs> but <laughs> with patience for sure <laughs> going back just in for like with the family traits and my grandfather um he was kind of my father figure growing up because uh, my mom was a product was a single parent but he, most of his jobs were support related. His last one was he was a janitor at a high school. He also was the Maytag man, service technician. And so I was in my great aunt, his sister, who I was also raised around, was a nurse forever. She's 98 years old and still living quite well. Um, and my mom was a preschool teacher. So I was always raised around helping people. I like that. That is, um, that's really interesting. And I think I'm hearing in your voice and in your answers that, that the, that what you're sharing is not something that you just stumbled upon last week or last year or even five years ago, but there's a real history to it. And I want to go back to your comments around the value of a network, a support network. And I couldn't agree with you more that, that personally and professionally, and maybe even you know, personally is where it's so much more important. Network professionally is good for a career, but personally, if you don't have a network, life can just be overwhelming. You're doing a lot of organizing within the WordPress community. You've talked about WordCamps and your meetup and networking with US. What kind of work are you doing to empower others or enablers to build their own support network through the WordPress community. And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I think a lot of what you're doing would lend itself to that. And I wonder if that's something you're doing consciously or it's just part of who you are and what you do and that's a natural byproduct. 
That kind of goes back into, I was also in my college years, a DJ. So it was always my job to make sure everyone's having a good time. And I've noticed myself, especially at WordCamp US this past year, I had a few number of friends that that was their first WordCamp ever. And they were quite nervous about it. And I was the one, you know, kind of grabbing their hand, come on, let me introduce you to such and such and pulling them into circles. And they're like, and I have had in, over the course of a past couple of years of people ask me, how do you do it? How do I get involved? And it's more of just putting yourself out there for it. Um, with the look between professionally and personally, there's so many people I have met professionally with WordPress who have became really close friends personally. I'm going to switch gears, and I love hearing about that. I definitely fit into that category of people who have um, found their way and and passionate about WordCamps, and uh, I love going to WordCamps. We've talked to a lot of people for whom WordCamps have changed their life. But I want to come back to, um, to sort of what your grandfather taught you and your definition of success and how you approach your support um, tasks that you have and being patient with people and ask you about in order to achieve all of this, what is the most important thing that you do every day? That is actually twofold. Um, with me having a 14 year old daughter who is into a lot of things and my husband's into a few groups as well. And I do things outside of WordPress. Every morning when I wake up, I first say to myself what the day is and then I for memory kind of go over what I'm supposed to do in my head and this is still just laying in bed right as soon as the alarm goes off and getting myself mentally prepared and then um, once I get up you know get ready brush the teeth and sit down at my desk every morning I go through my calendar again and look at everything that has to be done like all the meetings on the schedules and things of that nature and then branch out on the top things I want to get done both professionally and personally above all the scheduled events way it be like I want to make sure I get a WordPress blog out and make sure I set out the chicken at noon so it's defrosted for dinner <laughs> I'm very much a note and task and calendar type person I yeah. have it's sitting on my um, couch right now because I was looking at it earlier. I have a paper calendar that has all of my scheduled meetings, all my to-do lists, the meal planning, all of that, so I can stay on task. And that helps, for me at least, to not stray away from what needs to be done and for me to be successful every day. Yeah, I love hearing everyone's different methods of of organizing their day and their life and uh, and having and writing it down certainly is something that resonates with lots of people no matter how many online tools you have right there's something about writing it down that helps you remember it and keep track of it and who does not get the great feeling when they do that task box and they go check I'm done oh, <laughs> very true. that is very very true writing it down never helps me remember to take the me a lot of the freezer and time. Yeah. I, I can't remember that to save my life. Um, <laughs> I may or may not, I, I have a hutch type desk and I may or may not have 
stuck sticky notes right up on my laptop and set reminders on my phone to go off like at noon, you know, take food out. <laughs> That's what I need. I need, I need the frozen chicken to text me. Say, hey, it's cold in here. Come get us. We want to warm up. If you're on the iPhone, the reminders app is just ridiculously awesome for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I thought the Instapot was inc invented for people like us who don't remember to take the food out of the freezer. I, I don't have one, but I've heard that that thing's amazing. I got one for um, Black Friday sale, and I have yet to even take it out of the box. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, the first day you forget to take the chicken out of the freezer will be the day you take the Instapot out of the box. I can see it right now. <laughs> can can you tell us a little bit more about what you do with kids? I we read that at the beginning, and I'm really interested to hear more about that. Well, I was actually a preschool teacher for 12 years, and it kind of overlapped with me first getting introduced to WordPress. And I've always loved teaching, whether it be teaching preschoolers or, you know, teaching beginners WordPress and just everything in between. Um, I even in high school, my math teacher kept trying to talk me into becoming a math teacher once I graduated high school, which totally didn't happen. I couldn't teach a high schoolers to save a life. <laughs> and I um, I, once I completely moved over to WordPress, I kind of missed the kid aspect about it. And back in 2015, I went down to work at Miami and helped out with their kids camp down there and fell in love with it came back we actually did it in um, St. Louis um, that year as well and working with also Sandy Edwards and a few others of just how it's done everywhere it's like this needs to be more dictated so it would make it easier for actually every place to teach because my philosophy on it if we want wordpress to keep growing we need to pull in the younger ones as well yeah it really interests me i have not i I've, i had a couple of family members and i had them I, I set them up with a wordpress website and i was curious to see what they instinctually did when I, and i put I put a page builder on it, try to make it easy. And that thing that says customize is what these kids, like they just went after that right away. Um, but they're so app oriented. They're so, and they don't even, um, young kids these days, sound like an old lady. <laughs> they don't even type um, any punctuation because it's done for them, right? They, they don't capitalize the letter I because it automatically capitalizes for them when you type it into your phone. So I would think that we'll be seeing more and more things that are geared to um, to match the functionality that young people are seeing on their apps. And I'll stop talking like an old lady. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about the difference between teaching young people and old people. Actually, there's, there's differences, but a lot of similarities, um, especially if you're looking at the older group who wasn't really raised in the growth of technology as your 25 to 45 year olds are. Um, so when it comes to teaching above 45, sometimes it's almost like new kids to tech as teaching. Mm. Um, but um, kids get a lot 
more with the creativeness of it, as you said, with the customizer and stuff. And at kid camps, it's so much fun to have them working in a customizer and stuff, but not letting them see the site until they're done. And when uh -huh. they switch it over, it's almost like a five-year-old learning how to tie their shoe the first time. They are all just big smiles, and it makes it all worth it. That's really cool. Um, and when it comes to teaching the adults, the fact that they can see it being built on it is just an amazing way to watch them grow technology-wise. I just want to comment about Tara sounding, thinking she's sounding old while recording a podcast that we're going to publish on the internet. <laughs> well, I know I'm older than you, so I guess I can try to get away with it. <laughs> My acting skills may need a little help. I will, I will not be on stage anytime soon. <laughs> Michelle, let me, let me ask you another one of our, our big questions here. And what is the single most valuable piece of advice, be it professional, personal, or both, that you've received and implemented in your life? And one, one from your grandfather, but one from not your grandfather. <laughs> well, she's thinking about that. I was just <laughs> going to say, Tara, that I was going to bet that it was going to come from her grandfather, but now you <laughs> put the pressure on it. Now she's going to remember what yeah, grandpa said it, that one time. Made it tricky. <sighs> For... For him, it would probably be the one statement I always actually hated hearing him say, and that was, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Huh. I could not stand that saying, but it's so true of, you know, making sure you have everything in order before going for it. Because if you build up such anticipation for something, oftentimes you're either let down or God in the universe and Murphy's law has other ideas for you. And so it's good to always be, you know, prepared for the worst, but hopeful for the best. And I was, I was probably in my mid twenties before I was finally like, you know, that thing actually makes sense and it's true. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you get some of your patients from. <laughs> but for me, for the personal, not really taught by him or one of his sayings, but still just in a way I was raised too of the don't hesitate, go for it mentality of the more you sit back and think, well, can I, should I, the more self doubt you give. And oftentimes you don't do it. And then you never really regret things you did. You regret more the things you didn't do. Um, unless, you know, they're illegal or. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, don't go know, for those. Don't go for those. How many times have you sit back and said, you know, I wished I would have done this for five years ago. I wish I could have went back to high school and done this differently instead of, you know, oh, I really wished I wouldn't five years ago have met WordPress and be where I'm now. Um, so I try to, if I see things, I typically try to go for them and let the pieces fall where they may, instead of sitting back watching from the sidelines. I like how those two bits of advice tie together. The one about going for it is a requirement of hard work and self-reliance and initiative and bravery and courage. 
but balanced with the just because you started doesn't mean you're there yet. You know, don't count those chickens, uh, even if they are still in the freezer. Don't count them yet. I like that. Thank you for sharing those. The other thing I would have to add to that is never stop learning and never stop wanting to learn. Um, because when you think you know it all, that's when you kind of revert back to a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. How do you determine what's, what's the next thing for you to learn? What, mostly what interests me, because things are always evolving. Uh, when I first got into the WordPress, I really, really wanted to be a developer. And I noticed after a few years of being just around many types of people, and I was very lucky to be surrounded by many just smart people in the industry. And where I decided, I was talking actually with Chris Wigman one day, and I was like, you know, I'm not a developer. I never will really be one to build things new. I'm a fixer. I like fixing things. And that's where I really went full force on the support type roles. And I found that is really what I enjoy. And it sometimes does give me times where I do get to write code and stuff like that. But I enjoy mostly helping people. That's a great realization to have. It, there's a great temptation I can share that, that to want to be a developer and know how to do everything. It's just so much to learn it can be overwhelming and fixing things one at a time is a little bit more manageable right you learn what you need to learn to fix it and then you move and learn what you need to learn to fix the next thing and i love pandora's box type things like yeah. hand me a riddle and i will sit there and manipulate and play oh, with it now i know who yeah. to call now I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't call me i can't <laughs> It's like trying to find that two cents in your checkbook years ago when we used to actually manually balance our checkbooks and you'd be two cents off. Would you be the kind of person that would? Oh, I, I could spend two hours trying to figure it all out and yeah. then grabbing a new bank register and writing it all down correctly. Uh -huh. <laughs> all right. We have, we have, we definitely have a common thread there. <laughs> I could do that too. Yeah. And that's and code, even, yeah. Code relates to that. I think. Even in my relaxed time on the couch, I'm typically playing like the Candy Crush Saga or Tetris or something like that on my phone, which is still very much puzzle games. Yeah. Well, well I do like Tetris, but it's just a game. <laughs> I, I do mine for bored and nothing else to do and haven't grabbed my Kindle yet to start reading. <laughs> Michelle, we are just about out of time, so I'm going to thank you very much for joining us out here in our little virtual hallway with our modern technology and our curmudgingly uh, <laughs> backward-facing perspectives. Uh -huh. uh, before we say goodbye to you, I, I just want to ask you if you can share where people can find you online, please. Yes, on Twitter, um, I am at Michelle underscore Butcher, um, Facebook, Michelle Jones, and most everything, either Michelle Jones or Michelle Butcher Jones. Excellent. We'll make sure we get those links and put them in the show notes so people don't have to guess how to spell Butcher. Selling <laughs> uh, Butcher is easy. It's the first name uh, it often has issues because I am a 1L, Michelle. One That's L Michelle. Right. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and hearing your stories and hearing about your grandfather. Thanks for sharing everything with us. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. This has actually been one of the most fun and kind of harder interviews. And I really have liked it because it's really made me think. Great. Thanks for saying that. Appreciate it. All right, Michelle, hope to see you at a word camp. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.